when you read the news or watch a news channel there's a lot of negativity in it especially when it comes to islamophobia and racism on the contrary in this episode i get some positive experiences from a muslim student studying in sweden and he talks about practicing islam in scandinavian countries Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm your host Shadab Akhtar Rabbani and today I'm joined by my friend Fardan Ahmed who is pursuing his masters at Chalmers University of Technology in Gothenburg, Sweden. Welcome to the podcast Fardan. How are you doing? Thank you Shadab. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm fine. So, uh the topic for the day today is uh the life of a Muslim student in Sweden as well as like in Scandinavian countries in general so ahmed yeah tell me about the life as a muslim as a practicing muslim in sweden yeah i i guess the the practicing part uh, makes a lot of difference i guess um so it, i thought it would be kind of very difficult before i came here because once i got accepted um, i'd spent some time trying to figure out uh, how the life would be here because that's one of the important things for me so i got in touch with a lot of them and it felt comforting when they told like it's not so difficult to right. come and practice here and um, as far as sweden is concerned i think uh, they are kind of welcoming to other uh, people from outside also other religions or like from other countries right and, uh, yeah I, i guess most most yeah. scandinavian countries are very liberal so yeah like yeah. they accept people right yeah so yeah. like they you get a you first get respect uh, as a as what a normal human being would deserve and they don't really care where you come from uh, and where you are from and what you do and all those kinds of things. right like they right. don't gener- generalize people that's kind of a really good thing as far as that's like, great I've seen right. it, yeah right um for us like uh, like regarding praying and everything it's uh, kind of good uh, at least uh, most of the bigger cities you will have at least three or four mosques um right. that you can go pray it's not it's compared to i don't know compared to india or like uae where there won't be as many where you mosques. grew up right yeah, yeah. yeah i get it so yeah, yeah you, i also wanted to ask you because Yeah you are from India but you grew up your entire life before moving to Sweden in UAE like you did your uh, schooling there you did your bachelor's there so h- yeah. how difficult is it because UAE is a predominant it's a muslim country and it's an arab country it's very different yeah. think about the difference between uh, your lifestyle in both the countries yeah like uh, for example like we were talking about the mosque so let's say about that like yeah. i was always used to like you know like i could hear the azan sound wherever i was uh, right. so that was kind of something that i missed uh, here because if, if you're closer to the mosque then i think like you can kind of hear uh, the azan but other than that really you don't and uh, like if you're in uae or anything like you could go out and eat kind of you can go to go to restaurant or anywhere and you could know that yeah whatever i'm eating is like permissible for me like halal yeah but but here you need to kind of like you know you need to do your research and you need to keep uh, asking you need to think twice before eating anything um uh, so that's kind of a drawback or 
I won't say it's a drawback. It's a new way of living because you can't you can't always be in a comfort zone. I guess. Of course, of course. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it is. And obviously, like uh, I was born and raised there, so I was used to the system there. And I, when I thought if I come here, like it would be kind of difficult to get adjusted, but uh, I, I was able to adjust uh, really quick here. It wasn't that difficult for me actually. That's good to hear. So yeah, yeah. like you were talking about the food. Uh, so halal food's difficult to get in most Western countries. But it's, I don't think it's difficult. It's you just have to be uh, careful. Like you know. Uh, so yeah. do they have halal food with labels, or do they have halal restaurants around? So how do you manage that? Um, yeah, as far as supermarket goes, you can. Uh, most of the supermarkets have like halal products. Okay. Um, I mean they. most of the places like the like uh, there are normal supermarkets like uh, you know like normal supermarket chains like right, uh, right. so there are some of them here and that you have then you have the oriental supermarkets like which is like uh, run by you know like uh, arabs or like iranians kind of those people from there like middle east okay okay so like if you take the normal supermarket chains most of the halal products are like frozen Okay. So okay. you can get like uh, you can get like halal chicken, and there are actually some companies, uh, one or two companies which are actually run here, which does only like halal products. So you get like you get the normal ch- uh, meat like chicken, uh, lamb, or beef, and you also okay. get like kind of like you know burgers or like sometimes like kebabs and those kinds of things also in some places. Right. Right. And uh, as far as like oriental stores go there if you if you go there like most of those uh, in oriental stores uh, most of the products are like halal so you can get all middle eastern products like all the dates and you know like arabic breads Interesting. sweets yeah. like you know baklava all those kinds of stuff and uh, <laughs> the meat the meat is also you get the fresh ones like the lamb and the beef like uh, it's slaughtered and i think it's the fresh one so you could uh, go there and like get your uh, cuts that you want and uh, all those kinds of things but like those su- oriental supermarkets are not that much and like they kind of located uh, like 15 to 20 minutes away by public transport okay. so okay. you need to like kind of go there and get stuff but then you could actually survive off like uh, normal supermarkets also because they also have plenty of uh, halal products actually interesting Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask about the prayer room. So when once you are at your campus, uh, at your university, yeah. so yeah. how do you manage the prayers? Um, for me personally, like I stay close to the campus. So sometimes okay. I I pray at my room, but then okay. uh, like my campus also has like prayer room. So okay, we could actually go and. Uh, Pray there. Uh, it's not. It's not that big of a prayer room. Like I think at a time you can like seven or eight people can pray. But then I think. Uh, I think but it's available. Have, yeah, it is available. And uh, there is also like uh, we at Chalmers at least. Uh, Chal. There are two universities at Gothenburg. So one is called Chalmers University, which is yeah. more the of the technical university where you have the engineering programs. And there right. is another university called University of Gothenburg. So okay. both these both these places have like Islamic association, and uh, Chalmers has like two campuses. So you have prayer rooms in both the campuses, and Gothenburg University actually has like seven, eight uh, campuses all around Gothenburg. 
so okay mostly all of them have prayer rooms so like uh, these places are like these uh, in associations have like facebook pages and like, they have actually put out a list of uh, different uh, prayer which different campuses and the uh, where we can find the prayer rooms interesting interesting yeah. so that's, that's yeah and usually like then uh, like friday is not like a off day kind of it's like a working day right. usually so yeah most of the times people can't travel and go because the mosque the nearest mosque from the campus is uh, from at least the campus where i study is like 30 minutes uh, 20 to 30 minutes away okay so usually like it's between the sometimes it's at 12:15 sometimes at 1:15 so like sometimes the, because of the daylight savings the time changes so right. okay. in our in our campus uh, actually the organization actually rents out uh, like a place and uh, we actually have friday prayers there so at, le- at least 80 to 90 people would um, show up in that interesting uh, yeah that prayer so usually we have some one who's giving like the sermon and then we have the prayer right interesting so yeah also i wanted to know from you i mean you might have made friends who are muslims uh, so i wanted to know about uh, muslim women putting on the hijab is there any restriction in sweden or is there any difficulty for them any prejudices so uh, no yeah. uh, actually like i found a lot of uh, women like they can wear the hijab without any problem actually here uh, okay i don't think i don't think like by law you can't uh, discriminate people based on their appearance and all like clothing kinds of thing here in sweden at least right so they can actually practice you can practice the religion with freedom so like there is no hindrance to that actually that's great so yeah. yeah tell me about festivities then how is it celebrated like recently ramadan and eid eid al fitr got over so you were you were in sweden uh, yeah. and you i think uh, the fasting hours were pretty long for you so tell us about that how was your ramadan and how was yeah. celebrated yeah um so ramadan like you know, like this was during times of the covid so i was mostly at uh, home like i just used to meet like close friends at least yeah um, so like we used to meet sometimes uh, and like at least yeah, four or five people not more than that and we used to, like have our own uh, do like a small iftar kind of a party but then like right. the fasting let me get to the fasting hours it was actually long but uh, alhamdulillah i didn't feel any tiredness or like anything because the weather was pretty good uh, during that right. ramadan alhamdulillah yeah so it's like max max was like 18 uh, 17 and low can be like 12 13 so we don't feel like that tired or kind of a thing right. so the fasting hours uh, like in the beginning it was like about 18 uh, 18 and a half then closer to the end of ramadan it was close to like 19 and a half uh hours like oh wow <laughs> yeah. okay so usually yeah. i didn't i didn't sleep between Uh, Isha and uh, Fajr because right. yeah it felt like I wouldn't I, I thought I thought I wouldn't wake up or like you, <laughs> you eat and then like you, you can't kind of sleep uh, quickly also so I was like I didn't usually sleep uh, the, the night during the Ramadan so I used to keep my okay. uh, suhoor and then uh, sleep 
right must have been a very different experience for you uh, long hours of fasting and then such short hours between maghrib and fajr <laughs> like from iftar to suhoor yeah it was kind of uh, different but then like yeah i uh, i mean we have to do uh, fasting anyway so it wasn't it wasn't that difficult uh, as i thought it would be because i thought like long the longer as you fast you should be you feel tired but then it wasn't that uh, difficult i would say okay so h- how about the uh, like you were talking about the oriental supermarkets which are run by arabs or iranians per se yeah. so h- how about the muslim community in sweden are they accept uh, like you know are they welcoming towards the muslim students who are there and yeah like how do they see because you know Uh, you would be there as a foreigner but a lot of these people might be naturalized swedish citizens so yeah. uh, so h- yeah. how is that yeah. i mean i would say they are uh, pretty welcoming and uh, was like there are uh, like so some there are some people like who came from like uh, the, most of the people who like naturalized uh, citizens at least like people in my age group i met few of them like they were mostly from like somalia and like places like iran iraq and uh, uh, some people from turkey so these were the ones like who are like naturalized citizens right they right. are actually pretty welcoming i met uh, some of them and uh, like they don't discriminate or do anything at least and uh, and then you have people who came in more recently like so some the arabs like people from syria and palestine they are the ones who came like pretty recently i guess like within the last 5 to 10 years right and they are they are also pretty welcoming but the thing is uh, not all of them speak english uh, at least the new okay. people pe- the people who came in as refugees recently yeah so it's kind so it's kind of helps you if you know uh, either swedish because they they are because they come here and they try to speak swedish first because it's difficult for them to learn swedish and english together agree so it's kind will be better if you know a bit of uh, swedish so like uh, i started learning a bit of swedish so it's sometimes when i go out to like these places it's easier to communicate with them right and uh, right. if you know a bit of arabic that kind of also helps so at least like normal con- conversation not like fluent conversation I get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. At, uh, in terms of language, how difficult has it been for you adapting in Sweden? Sweden actually, like uh, at least the people who are, who go to school, um, like at least the compulsory schooling. I think compulsory schooling is excluding the high school. So until before high school, it's compulsory for them, and uh, a lot of them actually speak good English actually. Here. Okay. Like, right. Uh, pretty good english i would say uh, compared to other european countries at least so like scandinavian most of them speak a uh, really good english so it's kind of good and bad because sometimes when you're learning the language and you want to practice and if you kind of hesitate they kind of sometimes switch to english right. so is there's pro there are pros and cons in the beginning it's kind of really helpful but then when you want to go on out and like back when you outside like in supermarket or something you want to practice right. Yeah. Sometimes switch to English and like you can kind of tell them <laughs> can you speak in Swedish and uh, they kind of try to help you also. 
Oh, interesting. So, that is. Yeah, the language getting. I mean, learning the language for an English speaker, I don't think it's that difficult because some words are like are like loan words, so they are similar. And, okay. Uh, like, uh, they'll be similar. At least the spelling might be different. And uh, the government also has like uh, free classes. I would say. if you have like a social security number here so you can uh, register for those classes and attend the classes okay so it's you don't actually pay anything it's like the state run so the classes are pretty good i would say and it's a good way for you to integrate it's not compulsory to learn the language but then it's going to help you to integrate well with the sweets like for example I mean, you might also have it like when someone speaks to in you in English, or someone speaks to you in a mother tongue. You connect with that person better when you, you speak to him. Yeah, of course. So it's of that course. kind of a thing. Like I actually felt like, and when you try to speak to them in Swedish, they're actually like welcoming and uh, yeah, they kind of help you also. Interesting. Yeah. So h- how about the uh, ethnic Swedes? Uh, how do they? <laughs> see muslim community in general or muslim students have you faced any prejudices or you know any racism kind of a thing no uh, actually like they were pretty good and uh, like sometimes when you go hang out with them and also like they know that you also have some food restrictions so right they also try to accommodate uh, you and uh, like or you can get your own kind of a meat or something and you can Eat, uh, cook it along with them, or kind of a thing. And uh, yeah. one good thing was, I think, like they grew up with some Muslims, like you know, like I, I said, like there was some people like who are, who are like in my age group who have lived over, like at least born and raised here, who are Muslims. Yeah, yeah. So like some of them kind of grew up with them, so they know what is Islam and what is like halal and all those things also. Interesting. So. Interesting. Yeah, they're pretty open-minded, at least like as far as I've seen. Okay, that's that's amazing. That's really good to hear because, uh, yeah. like you know, in the media there's so much negative perception from Muslims, especially. Yeah. I mean, that's what what we see. Like you know, in the West there is so much of racism and so much of prejudices against the Muslim community. So it's really good to hear positives from you. Yeah. And so, uh, what would be your biggest takeaway from this experience? so far living in sweden as a practicing muslim uh, like you know how do you how do you see it and what's your biggest takeaway um yeah i would say that like like you i would kind like to continue on the point you just mentioned about the media like media portraying that there is islamophobic and everything i would say actually i would say don't trust the media so it's kind of i don't know it's kind of deceiving i would say because sometimes when you hear a particular country like lots of islamophobic actions but then when you come here or like when you speak to people who have been living here it's kind of the opposite so i would say that don't believe whatever you see in the media um, try to get in touch with people who are living in that country like for example you we got into a except for into a university or you want to move to work in a country try to get in yeah. touch with the people actually who are living there and try to ask how is the place to live and like how is it to practice like social media and everything it's like i mean at the end of the day media wants kind of a hot news so it might be 1% of the cases that's happening in sweden or some other country which they take it and they 
like blow it up and make it like a big news out of it so try to not uh, believe on all those things and have an open minded i would say like don't generalize people like if if you had some experiences or someone told something about a particular group of people or from certain nationalities right. don't uh, generalize them there are good and bad people everywhere in every country so right try to try to come try to don't have any general opinion about a group of people like you can come and talk to them and like, you would be that uh, whatever you have heard is actually very wrong and, uh, yeah that's kind of a thing like have an open mindedness and don't believe uh, whatever the media says the, like interesting points i would say right uh, that's really positive that's really good to hear so yeah. interesting chat this uh, i got to learn a lot i hope my listeners benefit from it too so thank you so much for your time ahmed uh, i hope to have you back on the show really soon for another topic another episode yeah yeah sure uh, we can maybe discuss on some other topics that i don't know your listeners would like to know about sure yeah, uh, yeah. we should get the feedbacks and i'll share that with you so thank yeah, you so much sure. for your time yeah bye bye yeah, no Take problem care. Thank you for listening to my podcast on whichever platform you're listening to do subscribe to the podcast for more conversations like this hope you benefit from it and do share your feedbacks on my Instagram at the rate shadab e rabbani